listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I have Alexia here. Alexia, in one line, can you give me the name, your title, and the name of your fund? Yeah, my name is Alexia Lingert. I'm a venture capital associate specialized in food tech and architect at Creative. Wonderful. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or an investor. Yeah, it's, it's a hard question. This has been a long journey, challenging road, still doing a dream job for me. Actually, maybe a little background on myself and who I am to understand why I chose this path. And actually, I was born and raised in France, in, next to Paris. I decided to live in the U.S. back in 2020. Actually, as an I'm a VC investor in food and ag tech. I was driven mostly by my family. My dad is passionate with food. My grandfather was a baker and uh-huh. he ran a small, yeah, he, rode, he ran a small catering business with my grandmother. So mm-hmm. since I'm little, I've been surrounded by people cooking, basically, making me a delicious food, discover flavors and food texture. And I've been learning the value of the French cuisine, the French food, but not only international food too, because I had the chance to travel a lot in Asia, South America, Europe, and in the US, of course. And they also taught me the importance of a healthy diet and therefore how to cook seasonal products. I took some culinary classes too. And yeah, I participated to a culinary competitive show, which was actually awesome with a famous chef in France. And so actually... I had the privilege of living in this country, France, where you don't have to import fruits and veggies from thousand miles away, which mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I know the chance I had and where you don't have actually to spend $15 to get a healthy, fresh salad comparing with New York or Los Angeles or Correct. mostly in the US. And we don't have as many food deserts as you have in the US. And so... I, I had this privilege and knew I had to do something about it. And I learned a lot of my parents, like running a business. So in terms of food, they taught me the importance of having a healthy diet and not to waste food, to respect the environment and to consume local products and seasonal products. And actually sustainability and being mission driven kind of it, it was natural to me to be like this. And I became really passionate about the environment and the healthy aspect. And also the environment of environmental impact the food supply chain had on the planet. Yeah. My generation is quite anxious about one third of the resources that we produce are being wasted every year. And we waste a lot of food here in the United States. 
Yeah, we waste a lot of food. Yeah, it's crazy. And actually, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And like, we have to consume less and better. And we have to teach our children to do that. We have to teach our peers to do that. And what's funny, and I learned this two years ago, it would take actually three planets if the world lived like French people, but it would take five planets if it was like the Americans. So we have to be careful and we have to be really cautious about the resources we had. And yeah, it was clear to me that I needed to work in that field. And meanwhile, I was actually studying finance for almost like seven years. I studied economics and then I graduated in, in, in a top rank French university uh, in finance. And I had private equity classes, acquisition, venture classes too with professionals. And it was really nice because it enabled me to actually get experience in this environment, like investment world. So by the time I graduated, I had many internships and I felt like I had a good view on the finance world. But in my own experience back in 2017, I think it was, it's true that I had the feeling that the industry was mainly represented by men. I was the only intern, actually woman intern in merger and acquisition. And actually, all my partners, they were all men. So it makes me feel like I need to maybe work in a different environment where I have like female role model. And it was clear to me also that working in private equity was definitely rewarding and fulfilling. But it was mainly LBOs, like leverage buyouts. And I couldn't really sense the mission behind my role, my job, the real passion yeah. for the field meeting with entrepreneurs that are passionate and that will lead tomorrow's world. Mm. So I needed to change and to focus on the impact I could have on this planet as an investor. And so it was really natural to me that I needed to go to venture world. First, I always had this crazy idea of building my own company, which is not crazy at all. But like for her, maybe a woman at my age, it was not that common at that time. And in, in France, we have like tech companies and we have unicorns but we don't we only have one single unicorn that is actually funded by a woman it was different a different time and i was finishing my private equity internship and i had this idea of getting actually going abroad and open my horizon and learn from other cultures and mind having a different mindset. So I wanted to support startup or non-profit corporation in the food tech and ag tech industries. And I wanted to change something. So I actually, I remember that I only hired for the US because it was actually the heart of innovation. And I'm also a vegetarian, which actually oh, cool. forces me yeah, to find plant-based protein sources elsewhere. So Europe was really not advanced comparing with like the US in terms of plant-based offering, mm-hmm. like plant-based milk wasn't even a thing when I was young in Paris. You didn't have like Oatly or anything like the oat milk, or, right? Or the almond milk, right? It's so good. But actually, almond milk is not so good for the planet because almond consume a lot of water. So yes. Almonds do I, consume a lot of water. Most people don't know that. Yeah. Most people don't know that. So I'm trying to educate and to teach people around it. So it's really a nice environment. So I could see the shift in the US. I could see uh, the shift coming slowly in, in Europe, but still, mm-hmm. I had to go there. So I first met Creative 
three years ago. And I was trying to combine the three like dimensions, like changing the world by supporting food tech and ag tech companies, because I thought it was like the main challenging topic in the world, supporting young companies and being mission driven and work mm-hmm. in an impact fund. So actually, when I found Creative, it was a really nice opportunity. It was a French company and they had offices elsewhere. So it was a huge opportunity for me to start my career in the US. And actually, Creative was funded 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the investment arm of a French family with a strong entrepreneurial uh, DNA. The mm-hmm. Mullier family, it's a famous family in France and actually Creative acts as an invest, as an evergreen investment company oh, okay. operating in France, in Paris. They also have offices in, in the US since 2016. They have offices in Kenya and Nairobi and in Asia and in Shanghai. We are trying to support as many companies as we can. And actually, the Mule family is, is a big company. They have been champions in, in the retail industry. They hold mm-hmm. more 150 companies and they are employing half a million people wow, in the world in 60 countries. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of them, but I had not, but that's good. Thank you for letting us know. Yeah, they they have some, some people might have heard of them. I had not heard of them, but yeah, yeah I oh, hope good. so. I like that's wonderful. It, you can go into the website and actually the they own a company, a famous company named Auchan, which is like Costco in the um, they also have like sports retail groups and do it yourself groups, banks, they have kind of everything. And actually they created the creative to diversify the retail activity of the family and and since 2002, we have invested two billion in, in wow. two companies. Yeah. So our mission is really to facilitate access to essential goods and services to the, with innovative solutions. So it can be food, healthcare, and responsible consumption. I mainly mainly focused on the food and tech companies okay. since I'm in the U.S. I mean, I'm working for the U.S. office. And the U.S. office is, is focusing on food companies, food tech and ag tech companies. And as a woman, my story couldn't be better starting in the U.S. because actually the U.S. office was led by a woman. Oh, and she was the managing good. director. Yeah, she was like a role model to me. We were a small team, like very small team, one managing director, one investment director and I. And so I could be really exposed to many responsibilities and she made or she made it possible for me to start in the US and to have a, this learning curve that could be exponential thanks to her and also thanks to my investment director too. But it was a chance to have a role model as a woman and to be trained by mission-driven people, which is not always the case in this industry. And yeah, that's I, really I got lucky. lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. I got lucky. I got selected among the 100 candidates. So I was really, um, really lucky. And I knew that I needed to do more. And so when I arrived in New York, I didn't really know about the US ag word. It's so specific. You have this big farm and you have two different ag industries. You have the big corporation, the big farms and the smaller ones. And yes. the big farms get all the subsidies and all the attention. And it's mostly seed crops like corn. And yeah, it was for me, it was a learning, learning step because I had to talk to experts, hundreds of farmers and corporations and distributors. And I was only a French woman studying in this industry at 
back in 2020. So I had to really push myself, be determined and be resilient to make my own path in this industry in the US. But it's kind of like a country where you can actually do anything you want. It's a place of freedom. And um, I actually like this and I fell in love with the US. And yeah, in the food tech, I was surrounded by experts and it was really rewarding. But we had to face COVID and the pandemic. So we had to support our companies. We have five portfolio companies uh, in the US. It was a really challenging word. As we invest in food tech and ag tech companies, you, you must know that we are facing the same issue as everyone, meaning sh- labor shortages, shift in yeah, the food a consumption a bit. Yeah, supply um, chain issues as well. Supply right? chain I mean, issues. So yeah. many, so many, yeah. so many things. Yeah, and so many things. And also it's uh, in the meat industry, you could face so many, so many issues, so many things that are not doing, that the industry is not doing well. Food safety is a big topic. And yes, food waste too. During pandemic, like food waste was just increasing. I, it was exponential. So we had to do something. And since I arrived like three years ago, we have invested in three additional companies startups and actually we have invested in one company that is named every table it's a oh, yes company. the every table i'm familiar yeah. with that. do you know them <laughs> yes i do i'm familiar with that yeah they're based in los angeles actually in california but they are now in new york they are up and running in new york so it's it was challenging for them because they actually the, the food company it's a food company a mission-driven food company that is transforming our food system and disrupting the traditional fast food industry by mm-hmm. making fresh, healthy food and nutritious meals affordable and available to everyone, everywhere. Yep. And for us, the food accessibility and affordability in the U.S. was a big topic and big investment assist. And given the convenience and low prices of the fast food casual restaurants, it's hard to be in this landscape. It's very competitive and every table managed to do that. They actually, ha- they, they are, they are based in California. They are also in New York and they are selling meals to D2C, but not only with the, they have grab and go storefronts. Yeah. They also have, they are also selling to food services, senior, senior meal gifts. So it's a really mission driven company and we try to help the company scale during this pandemic which was hard with so many restaurants closing. But it's, uh, it was really challenging and it taught us, I think, the, the most important thing, I think, in this, this world and maybe this industry is to be really resilient and to be innovative. We have also invested in a company named the Jackpot Company. I don't know if you heard of them. No, I haven't heard of them. It's actually a plant-based meat company. They're actually transforming the Jackfruit, which is a fruit in India, to make plant-based meat product Um, yeah like nuggets selling it to like you know food mostly and i kind of became i kind of became an expert in the plant-based industry studying like the nutritious value of impossible beyond and all the different companies you can find in retail stores yes and the supply chain is just so tough it's a tough market environment right now so it's, it's really challenging to help the company but it's one of our core, I think, mission as creative 
in this environment is to have the company scale and find the right way to go over this crisis. We also have invested in another company that I'm following. It's called Salted. They are a virtual restaurant company. They are building actually and scaling some better for you brands. Mm. You can actually order it on DoorDash or on their own website. Some, some delicious meals and super nutritious meals. So we are trying to actually support these companies and it has been amazing to contribute to a smarter way to consume and to produce. And I've been surrounded by amazing coworkers and women in this industry, like young talent to invest and find the champions of tomorrow. So that's a little bit about why I did blend in the VC world. I don't know if it's clear or if you have any questions. No, next next question. You talked you talked a little bit about your thesis and kind of the motivation behind the thesis. You're mainly in the ag tech and food tech area, correct? Yeah, correct. Talk a little exactly. bit about that. Yeah, our main mission is to actually to make it possible for many people everywhere to get access to essential goods and services. Oh, so yeah, we have the food. We are focusing on three different verticals. The food, the tech, and the food in general. It, it includes the food tech and ag tech, healthcare, and responsible consumption. I mostly specialize in the food industry. I'm investing in Series A to Series C startups in the U.S. Oh. in these two platforms like mm-hmm. food tech and ag tech. So food tech can basically be everything that is, is the downstream part of the food supply chain. Okay. So it can be like CPGs, company delivery platform, food waste platform, but also the ACTEC part is the upstream part of the food supply chain, meaning crop insurance like bio stimulants, bio input, okay. bio control, plant based mm-hmm. food, robotics, and precision farming. I'm actually colleaguing the ACTEC platform with one of my colleagues and we've really focused on precision farming to help farmers to improve their lives. With COVID, they had like this, I'm not going to say big because it's just a massive crisis in labor. In labor. They faced labor sh- shortages and it has been hard for them to actually automate certain painful tasks, just our raspberries or harvest grass. And so we have been looking closely at precision farming companies to actually reduce agriculture's footprint on natural resources but also at the benefits of the farmers. And yeah, and so that's like the mission and our investment is. But as our organization is quite unique because we are only, we're only funded by one company and by one LP. And so we work as a platform. So it means that I can actually invest in plant-based companies and I can actually share some inputs with my colleagues in Paris and with my colleagues in, in, in Asia. And we've actually invested in three plant-based companies. One in Asia, one in France, and one in the U.S. So it's actually really rewarding to be able to build synergies within within creative portfolio, but also with the companies of the Mulier family, which yes. is just um, which sounds which sounded like a lot from the be. Sounded like they were doing quite a bit, but it makes sense when you're doing that. You're going to try and diversify, broad and wide. So it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, and actually. It's really rewarding to be able to act in this in this environment and ecosystem network of people that have been used to to entrepreneurs and the understanding of what it is like to be entrepreneur and facing difficulties. So we are an evergreen fund. 
We try to be long-term investors and active shareholders. So we really are unique in that sense because we are not going to push our companies to exit in three years or something like this. We're really going to help them grow and scale and to find synergies whenever we can with the network of the family. And I I think one thesis that I really support internally and across our portfolio companies is just my other motivation is to actually drive more diversity into mm-hmm. our fund and portfolio companies. Access to capital isn't equal for women and men. And I'm actively supporting women in venture world. So assisting demo days for female founders. It's crazy because the other day I was really running a study on valuation and on funding amounts by gender. And in 2019, only 2.8% of funding went to w- women-led startups. Yeah. And in 2020, it fell to 2.3%. Mm-hmm. So it's actually decreasing and Clearly, we need to act and we need to support women. It doesn't mean that we only have to invest in, in women-led startups, but we have to, to make it important in our thesis and to support initiatives that are led by, by some groups and organizations. So I'm really active in, in the SISTA, is a, a network of women that is supporting female founders and making it possible for female founders having access to tools, and workshops with investors to help funding the funding part. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? These days, papers are quite interesting. and We have a lot to learn and a lot to digest in terms of the news. But I'm always down to listen to podcasts about inspiring entrepreneurs and investors in the food and ag tech industry. I really love the one that is led by S2G. They have, yeah, they have done an amazing job with their podcast called Where We Grew From Here. They have amazing interviews about supporting the diversity and inclusion in the ag and the food institute also. They have an amazing podcast about the current state of U.S. farmers and what we can do. And for sure, I'm always keeping keeping an eye on the with my colleague on the valuation and the current market. It's a mm-hmm. tough industry right now. The, the unique way I think to continue our investment process is actually to keep being connected with our fellows, but also with our peers in Asia, in Africa, and in France, because we have this unique opportunity as a as a international fund to be able to collect all the data we can on the current market industry in the food tech and ag tech. And especially in food tech, like there are some high valuation and there is big discrepancies between the valuation and the profitability. And Mm -hmm. so we are really looking at this. I think there is no there is not an easy fix on that topic regarding evaluation, profitability, and regarding all what is happening since this pandemic with the war in Ukraine and the inflation and the interest rates that are rising. They mm-hmm. all have an impact on the supply chain, the food supply chain. Yes. And it costs more to produce, it costs more to employ people. And we have to live in this world. And so it means sometimes less investment, but more meaningful investment and maybe slower growth down round. 
which is not easy to accept because in this world, especially in the US, the path to profitability is really hard and harder to reach with the labor inflation and like the, everything that is happening. And it's hard for food tech firms to actually reach the break-even point. But as investors, I think we have to be able to support them and to remain committed to the space and to have a long-term vision. I think it's really hard. It's really important to believe in that, to believe in the future and to continue to address these core problems in the food system and to keep sticking around and keep being involved in talks, workshops, support this industry that is crucial for this world. So bonus question, how do you see venture capital investing evolving or changing in the next two years? Yeah, so I spoke a little bit about that. And I think within two years, we are... We are long-term investors. For me, two years is just like really short term. And I'm not looking at two years. I'm looking at five years. I'm looking at what active companies are going to be the most meaningful in five years, in 10 years. What is going to sustain and what is going to stick in consumer habits, in farmers and rates, in terms of farming techniques. So... Within two years, I think we have to be cautious about the amount that we invest mm. and to continue to support the growth of the food tech and ag tech industries and companies. But we have to be meaningful and not to be only driven by the top line uh, increase. We have to be mindful about the profitability uh, because a lot of companies have, have done some SAC and IPOs and it hasn't led to always successful stories. So we have to be mindful about this and we have to continue to support this painful economic moment that we are living in, but keep believing in the long lasting root cause. So yeah, that's a bit of my intake on this, on this future of the world. Awesome. How do people contact you? Yeah, people can reach me on my LinkedIn page. They can also reach me at a uh, lingard at creative.com. But yeah, it's easy. You just have to go to LinkedIn and send me a message. We are receiving a lot of texts and questions and texts, but we are always going to answer. So feel free to reach me by email or on LinkedIn. Wonderful. So thanks to you so much, Alexia Linghart from Create Dev, for being my guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion-dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin, T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.